I Could Murder a Podcast is proudly part of the ACAST Creator Network. For hundreds of extra minisodes and other content, along with our private Discord server and live Q&As, exclusive merch and much more, consider subscribing to icmap.co.uk. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Warning. The following episode contains subject matter and scenes that some viewers may find upsetting, disturbing, or unnerving. Please note, viewer discretion is advised at all times. Sit back and enjoy. Cook Okay, you've drove past now, so you're no longer there. Do you know who was away? 
Stephen Port had caused immense distress to the families of his victims because of the wicked and monstrous lies he'd told in court to cover his tracks. Stephen, did you have any involvement in his death? I did not know. Did you kill Jack Taylor? I did not know. Did you administer any drugs or noxious substances to him? I did not know. With the intention of causing him harm? One of the most dangerous criminals they've ever encountered. Why are you searching for boy drugged rape? It's general porn. That's not general porn, Stephen, is it? Drugging young men for his own gratification. He killed four with overdoses. Victims of what prosecutors called his selfish appetites. Welcome back to I Could Murder a Podcast. I'm Tom, and he's still here. It is Ben. Still here, ready to deliver. I'm, uh, I'm excited about it. I'm almost as excited as you are. It's oh, good to see you. Yeah, it's great to see me, and it's okay to see you. <laughs> um, so today's case, we're going to get right into it. Yeah, we're going to get right into, into the it. grind. Uh, the grinder killer, Stephen Port. Yeah, and I have an issue to take straight off the bat with that one. Um, I understand why he's known as the Grinder Killer. That I've, I've come to that conclusion. I've done the maths there, and obviously the Grinder Killer. Um, that's it was before a... you begin, actually. How the f- f- are you? <laughs> <laughs> I've never, ha- I've never had dating apps. Okay, never been into it. Mm-hmm. Well, I was never, I wasn't single when they kind of came around. Mm-hmm. Tell me about them. Um, what, what, what do you want to know? Where should we start? Would you say your what's your opening line? Uh, wow, opening line. So I bet is it something like trying to be quirky? No, no, no. Even worse than that. Don't message at all. Just wait for them to start initiate the conversation. Is that, is that why you deleted all the apps? That's why I deleted them yeah. all immediately. Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's get into it. <laughs> so I understand why they call him the grinder killer. I mean, first of all, that makes a lot more sense than going by some of the other apps or, or websites that he was registered with. And also, if you're not aware that it's, you know, Grinder without the E, it could make him sound like, a, you know, a, you know, similar to last week's case, a bit of a butcher. Yeah, the meat grinder, and it evokes mm-hmm. that kind of kind of thought, definitely. Whereas the Sleepy Boys killer, again, scary. Which Sleepy Boys is, is, a, is an escort app. I'll list the rest of them uh, for you. I have made a list that he was also registered on. So he had an account on Grinder, Hornet, Fit lads, <laughs> don't know why that got me. Hornet's a weird one. Hornet, yeah. Hornet doesn't. That's not. Okay, I get horny, but what's the uh, link to to men? Hornet, horn it. You could horn it in. In what? Well, let us know in the comments below. Planet Romeo. Planet Romeo. Okay. Uh, Manhunt. Hmm. That's, that's a true crime podcast, isn't it? Slave boys. And couch surfing, which I believe Ed Sheeran was also on once upon a time. Yeah, couch surfing isn't uh, a dating or hookup site. It's literally you got you go into a different place. You need somewhere to stay. Are you are you uh, am I able to stay on your couch? <laughs> a bit like spareroom.com. Uh, spare room is more for a longer stay, isn't longer it? Stay. Whereas couch surfing is more just oh I've done a gig that night, just stay there for one night. Yeah. Really want to make that clear. Really want to make that clear. Can't emphasize that enough. The Sleepy Boys Killer is more kind of like, it sounds like more like a blues group. Than a yeah, than a actual yeah. Um, but yeah yeah the grinder killer evokes a certain mood feeling thoughts yeah yeah it does it does indeed yeah. uh, guys don't forget to follow us on our socials we've got we've got Facebook now as well give us a follow on that and uh, please if you haven't subscribed subscribe yeah click that like button as well we've never really pushed that so if this video gets ten <laughs> likes next week I'm gonna be I'll be slightly nicer to Ben. Slightly, and that's ten too little. Fifty, no, no. fifty likes. I'd be slightly nice. If you don't want me to be like, no, 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 no. If you want him to be nasty to me, over a hundred likes, he'll be slightly more nasty to me. Ooh, 
I like that. But if it's in the threshold... No, we'll round it up. You're just going to be lukewarm. <laughs> yeah. mean? We'll round it up. All right, okay. Round you up in a minute. Oh, what does that even mean? It doesn't mean anything <laughs> that you've said it. Anyway, so shall we get into today's case, Ben, properly? Yeah, absolutely. It is Stephen Port, the grinder killer. Yeah, and uh, an interesting one. We're, we've spent uh, the first couple of weeks of the season, Oslo, um, Plainsfield. And now we've gone to Barking. Barking up the wrong tree there. Was he? Let's find out. (laughs) You're like a dog with a bone with those puns, aren't you? (laughs) Barking. I carried it on. So, yes, let's get into it. Stephen Port was born on the 22nd of February 1975 to the parents, Joan and Albert Port. And he had a sister called Sharon Port. He was born in Southend-on-Sea and moved to Dagenham when he was one. Now, uh, no exceptional news to report in his early years. Um, He was a very quiet child, as, as often is the case, um, but so quiet to the point that his schoolmates and school teachers thought he was deaf. Um, and he was also a fairly small child. That would later change. Um, wonder if they called him Shortport. Again, seems like you've got that natural bully instinct in your head. No, no, no. No? <laughs> no, just... Uh, Shortport? I'd probably go with do a boat joke. Stephen Short. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so as you said, he had fairly unremarkable uh, childhood, a bit of a loner, yeah. kept himself to himself, didn't speak a whole a whole lot, and he left school um, at 16 to go to art college. Yeah, so not a lot to report on port, um, as well as being... <laughs> Come on. So throughout his childhood and early adult years, his neighbours would describe him as um, having a peculiar childlike personality exhibiting odd behaviour as a grown man, such as playing with children's toys. Um, A former romantic partner of Port's also described his personality as childish and gave that as the reason that he decided to end their relationship. Yeah, his sister would describe him as a grafter, which is, it's quite, doesn't really fit in with the other other explanations for him. I think, yeah, he he was very into his children's toys as an adult. I think uh, Transformers was one of his big, like he's very intrigued by Transformers. Um, but yeah, being bullied from a young age, I think the remaining childlike again, and that's kind of happened with a few of these cases. Yeah, they seem to be, they seem as if they've not had such a happy childhood. Maybe they hold on to certain things moving forward. Yeah, um, he had a passion for cars as well as music and films, which that's a fairly no red flags. There, that's a fairly normal thing. Mm-hmm. Well, were there any cars that could could have given us a sign? If it was a transformer car, that was evil. Yeah, or Herbie just saying, get off! So he went to art college at 16, but he dropped out after only a year because his father could not afford the fees. Stephen would say, later on say he had a very happy childhood and in his life he was very happy and he always like had, he never wanted anything. He, you know, he always got everything he, he needed or he, you know, he felt very kind of happy. Fond memories, up. fond memories. Yeah, he, I mean, it has, some things he has says it, it seems to be, he's got a bit of a fairy tale going on in his head about certain things, so... Yeah. Um, but yeah, he had to leave art college there. He came out as gay in the mid-2000s, subsequently being shunned by his father for being gay. He said, from his his point of view, that he never actually came out to his parents. They always knew. So shortly after coming out, Port makes the decision to leave his parents' home. And he only moves a short way down the road uh, to a an area of London called Barking. And he takes on a role as a chef at a stagecoach bus depot in West Ham. Um, and interestingly... <laughs> Um, Port would subsequently go on to appear on a special episode of Celebrity MasterChef. Yes, he's seen in the background. We'll show that here. Um, Apparently he he was helping making meatballs with um, one of JLS. There's a pun here somewhere. Uh, I don't know enough JLS songs. Um, So we'll leave And actually, if he's making meatballs, the grinder killer, the meat grinder, Mm. it all full circle. Like, Like a meatball. So he lived alone in his one-bedroom flat. Um, one of the other um, people that lived in the flat uh, next door, they remember him moving in. Um, he, he also was gay, and he, mem- he remembers making conversation with um, Stephen Port. Um, but he recalls him being very kind of standoffish and quite um, not forthcoming with conversation. Um, and he also said he had a very kind of childlike personality. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the uh, the kind of witnesses that would eventually come forward said that it was it was often hard to maintain eye contact with him because uh, Port would immediately kind of look away. But also, most of his answers in any conversation were kind of one or two worded. Yeah. Um. So very limited in uh, in that could have been shyness still, perhaps. But um, uh, yeah, very quiet, kept himself to himself type of individual. 
Um, he would also uh, regularly, um, I mean, chefs tend to work split shifts, long hours, big, big, go, to go back to the graft that his sister said he had. So he was grafting away in the kitchens, but he would also find time to regularly go to the gym. And he was actually described as having a fairly athletic appearance, although some of the footage we've seen, he's very tall, certainly. So whoever came out with that short port thing must be kicking themselves, but... I th- yeah, there's there's some photos he posted on some of these um, dating sites where he's topless and yeah, he looks fairly in good shape. Um, I mean, to digress slightly, someone who's there's a, a biopic being made about him, a TV series with Stephen Merchant yeah. that's going to be playing him. It's yeah. not been released yet; it's been delayed. Great casting. Um, and you wouldn't describe uh, Stephen Merchant as being athletic, but great casting. I mean, there are some. F- I mean, they started shooting. Was it 2020? Um, before yeah, the pandemic, be, it's, it's been delayed because the pandemic has delayed a part of Port's case has been delayed so they didn't want to put it out until that was all um, finished fair. So they, because that's been delayed by coronavirus they delayed the releasing of the um, the series it's called Four Lives and uh, there have been some kind of stills emerge from the set and Merchant is looking particularly haunting yes because uh, um, that role the thing with Paul, if you search him online, you do any Google images, there's very different looking images of him. He because yeah. he was balding from an early age, but he wore a blonde wig. Um, and you see with Merchant, uh, you see pictures of him with like a head full of head of hair, and then he's got the ones of him without the hair. So he's yeah. really committed to the role there. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it, I'm very excited to see that one that does eventually come out. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, if you have seen it and you're 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 watching this episode, you know, many moons later, how how was the episode? How did we do in? Uh prepping you for the episode but you would have seen the episode already and i've done myself so let's continue so obviously stephen's moved out from his parents house he moved out when he's 31 years old so quite quite not quite old moving out i don't know is that um well in today's economy if you're trying to save to buy a house that's probably quite quite young actually isn't it really (laughs) um let's have a drink So yeah, but he's moved out of that household, obviously knowing he was gay from a very young age. He he, he wouldn't have been able to bring guys back to his parents' house because, you know, as we said, his father was very, you know, didn't approve whatsoever. So he's moved into this flat. He's finally got the freedom. Um, he's, uh, as I said, his, the other person who lived next door to him, um, who also was gay, said he saw a lot of people coming and going from the flat. Yeah. This is when he was starting to discover, you know, he, well kind of explore his sexuality i guess yeah creating a lot of different profiles that we mentioned early on yeah and he's really kind of getting involved in the gay scene so he's registered on multiple websites now multiple dating apps and uh starts to you know have new new men over over the house almost on a daily basis um as part of this um he's we mentioned obviously the blonde wigs that he would wear in public and a lot of the profiles. i think it was just it was just a wig a wig he didn't yeah. have a, I think an array I of styles know. i think i, I think Coros, i saw i think Mohawk. i saw Spiky and quiff. I saw two different. Maybe it just got, got a bit of wind on it. Maybe got a bit of wind on it. Maybe. Um, Who knows? But this also we said before about him being very childlike. He was also on these on these different profiles. He he was kind of catfishing a bit by you know changing little details, saying he was uh, he worked with special needs children. That's it. Um, claiming he also was a door to door salesman. Yeah, there's there's multiple kind of new identities that he's um he's kind of cooking up here. If you're trying point, to if you're trying to impress. If you're trying to impress someone, Ben, like, as I said, not done dating things. So no, ask the expert. So, um, expert. Um, it's like, if you're going to lie about your job, mm-hmm. like you want to glamorise it a bit, door-to-door salesman isn't isn't what you're going to go for. No, I mean, it's a different world to chefing. Uh, Chef, chef's a good thing. Yeah, no, I'm not, not besmirching that. Love no, chefs. No, no I'm, saying, I'm saying if you saw someone that was, I would have thought, you'd say, oh, that person's a chef. I would like to go yeah. around and can you make me a lovely lasagna? Yeah. I'm vegetarian, so please don't involve any animal. To go back to the wigs point, the spiky, the quiffy, the mohawk, um, as well as the door-to-door salesman, Port would create multiple profiles on multiple sites and apps, um, including um, an account where he claimed to be uh, of a military background and and, um, worked for the British Royal Navy. He had a separate account where he claimed to be a Californian porn star, and I've got the name, this might be a good porn star name. It might not be John Luck. John Luck. John Luck. Yeah. Down on my luck. Ooh. <laughs> did you say he was in? Did you say he was a navy? He was claiming. So these are separate accounts. Yeah, so yeah, he's got yeah. the door-to-door salesman. He's got the. Um, he's got the special needs teacher. Special needs teacher. He's got the uh, Californian porn star. Yeah. He's got the uh, uh, Oxford grad as well. So maybe more of a sophisticated profile that he's put together, but he was using very, very old photos of himself. And um, 
police believed that he was doing this and witnesses believe he was doing this to attract younger um, matches or younger partners. Yeah, I mean, um, he definitely had a type and his type was the younger, younger male and slightly more slight. And, but yeah, it, it, it basically, again, like I said, perhaps it's because he wasn't, he didn't experience much um, sexual encounters as a younger man. Um, but he, yeah, he had a very clear type, which was, yeah, a lot younger. So now what we're going to do is take a look at just how this grinder user became the grinder killer. And we're going to go through the timeline. 15th of June 2014, Port contacts Anthony Walgate through Sleepy Boy's mail escort website and offers to pay him £800 for him to stay overnight on the 17th of June. Um, Anthony immediately kind of felt slightly uneasy about this. He did, so there was something that didn't sit right with him, so he did message his friends beforehand saying where he was going and who he was going to meet. £800, that seems, I don't know what the going rate is, but that seems high. Don't even. <laughs> what? <laughs> so on the 19th of June 2014, at 4.18am, a 999 call is made to police from an unknown man claiming that a young boy had collapsed outside of his home. Um, now, we have the audio of this, so we'll, we'll play part of it for you now. Cook Street, there's a young boy. Look at his caps outside. I don't know. Outside of which number? Uh, 47.58. Sorry? 47.58, I think. 47 Cook Street. Yeah. What, what area? Parking. It looks like you've collapsed or had a seizure or something. It's always just drunk. What's the final bed number you're calling from? Uh, I'm just holding up the car. I've got to get, well, got to get my car on the parking. Oh. Right, don't worry about that. What's the telephone number you're calling from? Hello. And you can hear in his voice, it's still, he's not panicking. You know, if I found someone collapsed outside of mine, I'd, I'd have at least a mild panic on. In the call, it's, he's very calm. There's, it doesn't sound frantic in any way. He's not panicking at all. He's just stated that he's found someone collapsed. Um, he went on to say that he felt that it felt like it looked like the boy had collapsed or had a seizure or something or was just drunk. Yeah, it's, it's when you want to obviously with hindsight and, uh, you know, the, the man making the call was Stephen Port. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was he was trying to, you know, be the good Samaritan there. So Port uh, kind of panics when they ask for additional information about the address and um, tells them that he needs to end the call uh, because he needs to get to his car to do the parking. Um, and he ends the call. The call later uh, returns. They, uh, the 999 ambulance service got the caller on a second call to confirm the exact location. They asked the caller if he had seen anything at all, and he claimed that he hadn't. The boy on the ground was pronounced dead at the scene. This was the body of Anthony Walgate, who was obviously uh, uh, previously in contact with Port uh, and propositioned for that £800 meeting. Walgate was a 23-year-old fashion and design student and occasional sex worker. Um, so again, for him to make his friends aware that he'd already felt uncomfortable uh, by Port's proposition, despite being an occasional sex worker, is... Yeah, I think the thing about escorts as well, it doesn't always mean sex as well. It can be com company and yeah. things like that. We don't know the obvious ins and outs for that in particular. Um, but yeah, he, he was a very young guy and he, he felt un uneasy about it. And then... but. With him, at, it was a good job that he did alert the uh, his friends where he was going because yeah. his friends were able to go, oh, well, he did go and see this particular gentleman mm -hmm. for this much at this address and the police were able to go, okay, well, that's the guy that made the call. Walgate's body is found propped in a sitting position near the communal entrance outside Stephen Port's flat in Barking, East London. Port tells police he found the victim like that and called 999 because he thought he might be drunk, collapsed or suffering a seizure. The death um, was believed to be suspicious from the start as Walgate also had bruising and cuts to his torso. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. 
From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. See, I mean, the idea of he found a lot of apneseisia, I mean, you'd imagine laying down on the floor would be a much more kind of normal position. It obviously looks like he's been propped up there himself. On the 26th of June 2014, Port is questioned after police discover he hired Walgate as an escort through the Sleepy Boys mail escort website. Um, They discovered this through uh, his friends actually alerting them and saying where he was going. The police were able to use his evidence to link Port because they were like, he's the one that made the call and he's the one that booked him. What's going on here? So they did go and question Port about this. And Port basically said, I was worried that you'd think I killed him. So I put, I brought his body from inside my flat to outside, which is just, yeah. I mean, that's, you, you would have thought that'd be a big, big red flag to the police. What's going on here? So Port eventually missed a hiring Wargate, but the Wargate had passed out from a self-inflicted GHB drugs overdose, a pie drug that increased euphoria, relaxation, sociability, confidence, and sexual arousal. Port is charged with perverting the course of justice by making a false police statement and released on bail. So that's that's crazy. So straight away, despite admitting that yes, he he passed passed out in my in my flat, I just propped him up outside because I didn't want you to think I'd killed him. How is that not a bigger warning sign for the police, or how is that not questioned further? Yeah, you, you wonder what like. Um, and it would go on to uh, his his family would say he was very anti drugs, yeah. um, and they didn't. They thought this was very very suspicious, and his friends did also. But the police seemed to just be like, "Oh, he, this is what happened." He said, "This is what happened," and the cuts and bruises to the torso weren't explored further. Yeah, it, I mean, throughout this case, there's going to be a lot of things that make you go, "What were the police thinking or doing?" Mm-hmm. Um, and this was just, yeah, this is the beginning of the kind of. What is going on here? So the 23rd of August 2014, Gabriel Kavari, a 22-year-old from Slovakia and also a previous boyfriend who had lived with Port in the past, um, rekindles the relationship with Port and uh, and goes to stay with him for a few days at, at his flat embarking. So the 28th of August 2014, two months after Wargate's death, Kavari's body is found semi-clothed, propped up in a sitting position against the graveyard wall at St. Margaret's Church, Barking, which was 500 metres from Port's flat. Port had told his friends that Kavari had gone back to Slovakia in order to travel Europe, but he had also told friends that he died in Slovakia. Yeah, there were a lot of... Um, I think so. I think uh, Kavari was very well known by other people within that kind of uh, apartment building, but also Port's kind of... I don't know if he had a massive friendship group, but he was well known anyway, Kavari. But Port came up with a whole number of different excuses when questioned, especially by one of his neighbours who was close with Kavari. Um, said he'd gone back to Slovakia, um, he'd then gone travelling, or he'd, he'd, he'd uh, met a partner who was in the military, so he'd fled the country, and, and all, all these different excuses, but then started to tell them, actually, no, he died. Yeah. I mean, the body was found by a, um, a woman walking a dog in the graveyard, and she will come up again later on. Well, it's, that's two guys in... Uh, in, in a two-month period that have uh, d- disappeared and then re-arrived in very similar circumstances. Yeah, I, I think as well. Um, it was Some people do believe possibly that the first death was accidental. It could have been a case of, you know, he administered the drugs, but um, it's believed he did it via lubricate, lubrication or via putting in a drink. He could have just got the, the dosage wrong. It could have just been a mistake. Um, he might not have meant it, and that's why he panicked to put the body outside. But then, when you know, it goes to the stage where he's done. You know, sim- it's the same death, it's the same um, overdose. Yeah, he's done that, and then d- dumped the body in a graveyard, and then come up with all these other 
uh, explanations, you start to think, okay, maybe he's yeah. got a hunger for this now. And of course, every human is completely different in their reactions and their personality and how they how they uh, how they conduct themselves. But if that was the case and it was accidental, you would still think that he'd be a little bit more emotional on that nine 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 call, or yeah. have a little more energy. And I know again, he might just be someone that can't. As, as we said, for his childhood, he was, you know, people thought he was deaf at some, at some point. So maybe he just couldn't communicate. At, you know, as we go on, as we'll go on to the interrogation, um, he kind of communicates all at one level and one pace, one tone. I guess the question is as well is he goes to he goes to stay his flat on the twenty third of August, and then his body's found on the twenty eighth. How long was the body in the flat for? Yeah. Did, um, and yeah, was it how yeah how quick did he kill him and stuff like that? It, it's a lot to kind of question there. So the 18th of September 2014, Daniel Whitworth, a 21-year-old chef, arranges to meet Port in Barking. So the 20th of September 2014, Whitworth's body is also found in the same graveyard, sat up in the same position, also semi-clothed, which is immediately, again, very suspicious to um, their bodies being found in that space in a short period of time. Um, There's also, this time though, there is a suicide note. And it was written in a fairly bizarre way, which um, his family would go on to say, this doesn't sound like our boy. Uh, it, it wasn't, didn't seem to be addressed to anyone in particular as well, yeah, which, which they thought was very bizarre. There was part of it that, that even said, although it was addressed to his family, my family do not know where I am or my family don't know I've run away. Yeah, I mean, you imagine if it is addressed to the family, I'm so sorry, I'm going to miss you. It wouldn't be a case of talking about them in that, in that uh, third person. Yeah, in that tense. In that tense, yeah. So, um, and, and in the note also it said, by the way, spelt BTW, please do not blame the guy I was with last night. We only had sex then I left. He knows nothing of what I have done. Again, I, if you're not, I probably wouldn't be in the frame of mind where you're... It, it, it just seems to be very oddly written. I don't think it's going to surprise anyone to find out that Stephen Port actually wrote that himself. He wrote it with his left hand and he left it there thinking... A classic it, move. He would, think, he would completely, like... Uh, you know, uh, absolve them for any from any involvement. Um, if anything, that would do the opposite thing. Who is the guy from last night, and and why is he referenced in this in this letter? So it's very kind of egotistical. But I think of all the cases we've covered, potentially, and I'll go on in some more detail later. But potentially, this guy is the least intelligent of all of them. That's quite. A cl- yeah, it's quite a claim. And we've covered Huntley. Yeah. Hammerhead Huntley. Um, so also Ross. with this note, uh, Port was trying to trying to link Kavari's death with it as well. The reason why um, the reason why Whitworth, Whitworth would go on to commit suicide was because he felt so guilty about the murder of Kavari, and he was trying to. It, Port's thinking was, if I can make this all about those two, distance myself from it, then it's I've got no kind of blood on my hands here but the suspicious thing there was their bodies were both placed in exactly the same way and despite the note there were suspicious markings on the cuts and bruises on his body as well um, when the note was sent to the family to confirm the handwriting the family said it wasn't they said that was, there was nothing in the letter in the use of language and that confirmed it was Whitworth the police choose to disregard this and choose to confirm it as a suicide by drug overdose though the coroner said that third party involvement could not be ruled out with with this you now essentially you found three bodies in the space of around yeah, five Four months five months is it yeah and in 500 meters yeah. of, of each other and all young uh, gay yes. guys and uh, two of them found by the same dog walker Barbara Denim yes that's it uh, Barbara who she has a cracking voice will play a little bit yeah, we'll play her voice for you. No, I don't believe this. I thought, please, God, don't let this be another body. I thought, I, I don't believe it. It can't be. Barking and Dagenham police. I don't really think they know what they're doing, quite honestly. They're nothing better than Keystone cops. So, yeah, she found the, the two bodies, um, which if, I, might be, I might be slightly put off walking a certain space if I walk past the body. Yeah. together again but yes. she found two bodies and she said she, like you said just then she said couldn't believe it couldn't believe that she found another, found another one um, the thing about this is well that's horrible which you can't help but think and and like one of the documentaries I, I watched they, they said this as well if this was you know young women being found with oh, God, the uproar the uproar would be massive but because it was young gay men and they thought this is you know this is what they do they go out and they take drugs and they, they overdose the police seem to just not take it as seriously yeah. or be as suspicious as they should be which is, which is absurd like, I mean luckily the police would go on to look into this a bit more and try and you know 
eradicate this kind of this way of thinking. Yeah, but it took a lot for them to kind of even even start that. I mean, there were um, multiple uh, LGBT plus groups um, kind of applying pressure on the police forces to you know take this investigation seriously, and that there may be potentially a serial killer on the loose targeting gay men. Um, I mean, it's so, it, literally like, and as well, in some of the documentaries, the, the wording they use is this was a really serious case. He was in such a, he was the most dangerous person out there. And it was, it was really, it was really in- intense and like a um, hard case to do. It's like, it doesn't, looking from the outside of this, yeah. it doesn't look that complicated in the sense of you've immediately got Port linked to the body outside the flat. Yeah. Then you've got 500 meters from his house, two other bodies in there. And it's like, because that's, that's the other thing to, to note here is they couldn't actually link Whitworth with um, they couldn't actually link Whitworth with Kavari at all. There was no there was no link between them as people, and so they that's why they couldn't rule out the third party because there wasn't a clear link between them. Yeah, and it's it's crazy as well because we recently covered the um, the Twitter killer um, uh, case on our Patreon page, uh, the Shirashi case. And literally all they did to find out what was going on, you know, young girls, and it took a lot of young girls to disappear for them to start taking yeah. it seriously, unfortunately. However, all they then needed to do was check into his, his accounts that he was using, follow the, the social media footprint there, and then they tracked him down. I hate to think, well, hesitate to guess that all they would have to have done is look at one of Port's accounts, look at who he was chatting with, yeah. trace, it, tra- trace it back. You know, you wouldn't even have to travel far, 500 metres. Exactly. And you've got yeah. your man. But, De- definitely, uh, yeah. With investigating him and taking and seizing some of his property, yeah, hundred percent. You think that they'd, they'd be quick to find that. So, the twenty third of March, twenty fifteen, Port pleads guilty to perverting the course of justice in the case of Wargate's death and is sentenced to serve eight months imprisonment. He was released with an electronic tag on on the fourth of June, so he only served it's just over three, two. It's just yeah, it's just over two months. Just over two months. Because they, well, I mean, they've taken his word for it. The fact that he panicked and did that. And lied to the police. The pressure that the police are now feeling to take this case seriously, it's multiple friends and families of the victims that are getting involved. You've got multiple LGBT plus communities. You've now got um, it, the Pink, is it Pink News? Yep. So the Pink Newspaper were also applying press uh, pressure to the police, uh, the police force to, you know, take this investigation seriously. And they're now finally feeling, um, you know, they're now finally investing the time and the... And the um, uh, resources uh, to look into this case properly and uh, I mean Port at this point must feel kind of semi-invincible well yeah he seemed, he seemed to have, have got away with it and obviously him going away in prison for those three months uh, two months sorry not much obviously nothing happened during that time as well um, so the police probably thought yeah it was just a case of that you know if it, it, it's completely slowed down so there's there's a good BBC3 documentary on this and it, it follows um, Gabriel Cavari's friend um, John and who was quite instrumental in actually like not yeah. believing this linking it and, and wanting to kind of prove that his friend had been murdered yeah um, and he was he was trying to do a bit of a online like sleuthing himself and trying to dig into this himself yeah. and from that he, he stumbled across someone who, who claimed to have some knowledge on this who said that it, he said that Kavari was involved in his chem sex parties where people, you know, young guys would go there there'd be older men there who'd be drugging them and taking advantage of them yeah. he was trying to imply that Gabriel Kavari was kind of mixed up in the wrong kind of crowd yeah. and this could could easily have happened because he could have been in one of these parties and one of them just gave him a little bit of an extra dose so, and the guy just, uh, luckily his friend wouldn't buy that whatsoever yeah. whereas the police probably bought that more than he did yeah I mean he did mention it to the police it, just to kind of say can you look into this he wanted to you know he wanted to get the it solved for his friend he said look into this if there's is older men doing this to young to young guys can you please look into it yeah. um, but the police yeah they just said it was an accidental overdose they weren't really listening to him and he was persistent as well so it is a great watch if you if you've got the time and he's still kind of you can he's clearly still hurt from from this case and, and moved by it it's um and again like the letter um this would turn out to be port talking to his friend um saying all this this falsehood and uh so just yeah just like the letter it was port trying to cover his tracks and try and muddy the waters yeah so he was he was talking on different was it forums or it's a combination i think yeah i think it was i think it might be through straight through facebook so the 13th of september 2015 jack taylor a 25 year old forklift driver communicates with port on grinder in the early hours and travels to barking arriving at his flat at 3am 
So on the 14th of September 2015, Taylor's body is found in the same position as the others, by the same graveyard wall as the two previous victims. Again, this is presented as an overdose. However, Taylor's family are adamant that Taylor was neither suicidal nor into drugs. In fact, he was very anti-drugs. They also state that Jack was scared of the dark and would have not gone into the graveyard at night. Jack's family become a driving force in pushing the police into investigating the case properly. Using Pink News, a leading LGBT plus news agency to apply pressure after multiple gay men have been found dead in the same graveyard. I mean, because to anyone with half a brain cell and you look at it and go why are these young men dying yeah. who are all gay and why are all their bodies ending up here well, there there's, has to be yeah. a link obviously Kavari was linked with Whitworth through that letter but then they couldn't actually link them into actually have any kind of a uh, connection whatsoever and you have to think about Port's kind of trail of thinking here if, the, if, if even by chance the first one was an accident two, three and four setting them in, in exactly the same position is he going for the so obvious it's not going to be me kind of play here the thing is though like yeah the the idea that he did it accidentally the first one as i said that could have happened but then he's got obviously he's found something in that he liked yeah um so yeah and and it must be a case of i've done this and i haven't been caught so why would you change it again yeah so i'll follow the same avatar of victim um exactly the same area exactly the same drug exactly the same location like it's it's i i can't i can't get myself into his thought process here but like you say well yeah (laughs) so the 15th of october 23 and this kind of comes as a a culmination of the efforts of um jack taylor's family so his sisters and his mother really a driving force here but also the neighbor of or the friend of kavari so they're all putting huge pressure on the police to you know take this seriously to look into this there is a serial killer on the on the loose um, targeting gay men in Barking within that 500, 400 square metre parameter. Um, Port is subsequently identified on CCTV walking with Taylor near Barking Station shortly before the latter's death. And this CCTV footage was available to them a year prior. Yeah. Which is just insane. Um, Port is arrested. The police are heavily criticised for this as they never looked into the CCTV footage at the time which is just unbelievable. They now decide to interview Port as well as conduct a thorough search of his flat. In doing this, police seize Port's computer, finding a recent search history of boy drug raped, as well as multiple videos of Port filming himself having sex with unconscious males. This has kind of a bit of a feeling of um, the Yorkshire Ripper where it was like, they're sex workers, it doesn't matter. It's it's, yeah. it, 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 it's like obviously with, with, with gay men, it's like they don't seem to be doing their usual in-depth looking. You would have thought it'd be a very basic thing to go. Okay, where was he and where was he going on the night of his death? Yeah. Okay, let's look at CCTV footage. That be yeah. let's interview li- the neighbours. It's literally your kind of your first port of call there. Not a joke. It literally would be where that would be where you would go. And it's kind of like yeah. if you just did that. Just simple police. What do they say when they finally... Simple coppering of the guy that finally found the Ripper. But all they would need to do is go door to door. Look, have you seen any speci- any of these young men with any other men? Oh, yeah, actually, he's with that yeah, tall... Um, one that wears a wig. That tall, skinny um, port. So on the 23rd of November 2016, Port was convicted of the assaults by penetration, rapes and murders of Anthony Walgate, 23, Gabriel Cavari, 22, Daniel Whitworth... 21 and Jack Taylor 25 as well as the rapes of three other men he drugged and 10 counts of administering a substance with intent and four sexual assaults. He was found guilty on all counts. In total 11 men were known as victims of Port's crimes. At the Old Bailey on the 25th of November 2016 Mr Justice Openshaw sentenced Port to life imprisonment with a whole life order. So we did a uh, an insta post on uh, the whole life tariff or the whole life order and there are some uh some names on this support one of the kind of few with a whole life order i think yeah it's around a hundred or so people that are on that list and as you said there's some you know very well-known names who have also made that list um so after port's arrest many more men would come forward with complaints of having been drugged and sexually abused by port 29 charges are put against port 
and police launched an internal inquiry to their own failings during the case. As well as this, police used new information on ports looking to 58 unexplained deaths involving GHB overdoses. So that's that's the reason why this has been delayed, because there's more they're going to look into this case. Obviously, he's not going to get any more time to serve, but hopefully some more, there might be some more people's names going to get get in justice. 58 deaths relating to GHB overdoses. And again, that neighbour stated he was meeting new people almost every day. So Yeah, and as well, the GHB thing is... it's not not a common drug for people to overdose on. It's, I mean, to be completely honest, I'd never heard of that drug until doing, like looking into this case. It's one of those where it's apparently not. Yeah, it's not a common thing. So these were like it was very bizarre that people were passing away via this. Uh, Jack Taylor's family are comforted by the fact that their son was murdered and did not take his own life. They were relieved that he wasn't in a dark place and held no hate towards any of their family. Yeah. So imagine being in that position where you're relieved that it was murder and not suicide. That must have been. Yeah, I guess you've just got to take the comfort where you can in this, yeah. kind of, in this kind of case. So in terms of a motive for Stephen Port, all we really could fathom was that he was um, a sexual predator uh, motivated by control and and power. I think with a lot of these cases, um, growing up, they're bullied or, you know, they've never been really, they never felt in control or that what they can they can do. So then being, being able to overpower someone mm-hmm. is something that really uh, drives them. Selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. So amongst uh, a number of uh, chilling details released from the court transcripts, um, the interrogation footage of of Port was actually released to the public as well. There's some really interesting uh, kind of body language in in this uh, particular interrogation. Um, particularly if you think if you're, you know, a, a, an innocent person uh, being interrogated for these charges, I mean, I'm, I'm, I would naturally become quite nervous, even if I had nothing to do with it. I think just, just natural to do that. But Port, um, Port is, he's not. Um, his tone, as we said, his tone just stays the same the whole time. So first of all, it kind of lines up with a lot of his uh, neighbours and friends. Port won't look at the interrogating detective. His head is always down reading a piece of paper, which presumably have his rights on there. He is incredibly quiet and calm, doesn't come across too nervous. He's cold and calculated, even when faced with incriminating accusations. All found dead. Stephen? I'm still close to your house. One of them had been in your house. They said it would be a coincidence if two people, you know, ended up in that same situation. But what about four? And again, Port just can't say anything. He's not not phased by it at all. Yeah, the policeman and the detective and that think he does it really well. Yeah. He words it really well and plays it really well. You can yeah. see by his body language as well, his leg is tapping all the way through, which is a sign of adrenaline. Like your body releases adrenaline for you to either attack or to run away. And his leg is going because he can't release that energy. You can see that in his body movements as well. Yeah. Um, the yeah, as you say, the interrogating officer he kind of mirrors Port's kind of tonality and language as much as he can, and pacing. Um, but Port, despite being kind of a one or two word answer guy, um, actually has an answer for every question, and it doesn't go with the you know your typical kind of no comment. He doesn't have a lawyer present. Um, one thing I found really interesting is he takes over forty seconds to look at a photo of someone, which was one of the victims. 
to then say, I don't recognise him. And he followed on, in this interrogation, he followed on the story about the chem parties and he said that he was a runner for them. He'd bring young guys to the parties. And he also said that Daniel was one of those people who also did the run, the running as well. He made up his whole, that's the thing, he, ma he makes up all these elaborate stories, yeah. trying to involve people at like the chem parties. He was very obsessed with that idea. So he's trying to, he's trying to stick to his narrative there with that. Yeah, really bizarre. Um, and he even during this 40 second pause when he's looking at photos to then say, I don't recognize him, he does go, I'm trying to pay full attention to his face or I'm trying to pay full attention to the guy's face. Um, the one thing I really liked about the interrogator is he kind of repeats questions and, and makes it clear that he's not buying Stephen's answers. So they have kind of an exchange. Uh, Did you have any involvement in Jack's death? No. Did you kill Jack Taylor? No. Did you administer any drugs or harmful substances to him? No. With the intention of causing him harm? No. And you say you've never seen him before. No. Is that right? Yes. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's kind of one of those where... Tries to trip him up. It's also just trying to say, we know this information. It's kind of saying, we've got this, we know this part. We know, yeah. we know, we know all this information. Just, you know, come clean because we, yeah, we've and, got you. And one thing that kind of Port's answer to everything is, is, is essentially, I couldn't have killed these boys. They weren't my type. But then he's also in the interrogations, he says, you said that before that this is your type and you're sexually attracted to these men. Younger boys, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, that's, yeah, that's all available on YouTube and, you know, by all means, good. It's it. uncomfortable watching. There's lots of intentional, awkward silence. So according to The Mirror, uh, when Stephen Port was in jail, um, he developed a sexual relationship with Britain's worst paedophile in jail, claiming Port had a relationship with Richard Huckle uh, who were both serving time at HMP Belmarsh in the South East London. Um, but you're not allowed to have relationships when you're in prison, so people can often be removed and relocated. And Huckle was relocated to a different prison and was subsequently murdered. Um, Huckle's case is absolutely vile. Um, and the thought of, yeah, those two people, you know, so e such evil people kind of forming a relationship, is just, yeah. Chilling. Mm. So the IPCC, which is the Independent Police Complaints Commission, were investigating whether 17 police officers in the Met should face disciplinary action over this case because they felt they they weren't doing their utmost they were weren't being professional in terms of how they looked into this and maybe miss obvious leads but after this investigation no officers were given any disciplinary action which just seems it just seems like they're just doing it to like you know appease people but not actually following through so in 2019 a gentleman called gerald matovu who was known to have supplied port with the ghb drug used in the killings was arrested and sentenced to 31 years in prison for the murder of actor and businessman eric michaels um, using similar methods to port matovu had targeted michaels on grinder and given him a fatal dose of ghb so in 2020, in a Brazilian talk show program called Que Historia Esesa Porchat, hosted by Fabio Porchat, an audience member named Rafael to told his story of dating Port. Rafael had moved to London in 2012 at 19 years of age and had met and had been working as a waiter when he met Port on a dating website. He went on to claim that after they started dating, he moved into Port's apartment for a little period of time um, where they lived together for a little longer than a month. After they broke up, Raphael uh, claimed that Port was um, physically aggressive, mentally aggressive and, and, a, and a really difficult person to live with. Um, so he would end up moving uh, back to Brazil. One day after he'd moved back to Brazil, he decided to search uh, Port's name online, presumably to find him on social media and, and uncovered all of the news uh, about what Port had done um, and was interested since he thought Port had made a documentary on serial killers rather than actually the documentary being about uh. Port himself. Um, so he said, looking back, there was a lot of strange things going on. Um, another former partner of Port's also claimed to have broken up with Port due to his unusual and childlike behaviour. There was an interview with um, one of Port's previous neighbours, Ryan Edwards. He recognised that Port had some childlike tendencies and was about to, uh, upon clearing his house up, was about to throw away a fire truck and decided to keep it and give it to Stephen as a gift. And apparently at the time, a lot of his friends questioned him saying, you don't want to do that, that's offensive, you know, that's not funny. But while at a, a party, he gifted it to him as a lighthearted joke and said that Port absolutely loved the fire truck and immediately got on the floor, cross-legged and started driving the fire truck up and down in his own little world. Um, he said, uh, uh, which is actually quite good for our lookalike, he said Port was a little bit like Lurch out of the Adams family. 
So following um, Port's um, conviction, his mum and dad didn't have a great deal of things to say about the case, but um, they, uh, his mum didn't believe that he, he had done it. He, he will have got involved in taking the blame for other people. He was like that at school. He didn't speak up. They thought he was deaf because he didn't speak up. His dad was trying to kind of echo that, saying, if, if I say something, don't do it. He'll just say, yes, dad, yes, dad, and then he will go and do it. <laughs> kind of claiming that he would, you know, he wouldn't put up a fight and then he'll just carry on as if he's a bit of a easily led to do the wrong thing. So I think mm-hmm. they think he got mixed up with the wrong kind of people. So we like to end these cases by doing, you know, a bit of slight light relief, if, if we may. Um, and we tend to do looky likeies. Obviously, Stephen Merchant is playing him in a role, so... There's a slight similarity there. Uh, I couldn't really think of any port lookalikes apart from I thought he looks when he's uh, there's a picture up of now which I think in particular he looks like he could play Lenny from um, of mice and men. Oh my goodness! Well, I thought in the interrogation he sounded a little bit like Lenny. Um, go to the party. That, that's Jamaican, isn't it? <sighs> go to the party. That's, no, that's more Jamaican. That's like go to the party. Been to the church. Go, go to the chopper. Go to the party. Go to the church. That's basically what he sounds like in the interrogation. If we Lenny's, play them back, Lenny's American. Yeah. I got Lenny vibes too, but okay. just auditorily. And the, the only other one I had was for the court drawings, which look nothing like him whatsoever. Uh, he looked a bit like the Derma Gallagher, the old referee. Um, You'll about. get a yellow card for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I've got... Wait a minute. Who plays Lenny? Is it the guy I've got? John Malkovich. I've got John Malkovich. So... Yeah... Not being horrible to John Malkovich, but in the, yeah, that's, yeah. Um, there were a lot of comments as well on the various uh, videos about this case on YouTube that Port looked like one of the mutants from the hit movie Wrong Turn. <laughs> I don't know well, specifically yeah. which mutant. It's obviously not a kind reference. No, I mean, yeah, he he, um, he the the mugshot kind of of him. He does he does look not kind. Yeah, he does look he does look scary there. And that was the case of Stephen Port, the grinder killer. And again, that's you know super specific. That's only a small element of what he did. But we're we're rolling with the grinder killer as a title. Yeah, Stephen Port, the multiple app killer, would be a bit multi app slayer slayer. But there you go. Thank you so much, as always, guys, for for uh, for checking us out. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, for those listening, um, the special socials you can hit us up on are all on the handle at Could Murder a Pod. So go check us out. And don't forget to, if you haven't already, to subscribe to our YouTube and give us a like and a comment. And also, if if you're listening to us on Spotify, give us a follow on there as well. It's very much appreciated. Why not give us a review? Mm. Why not tell your friends? That's the most lovely thing you could do for us right now. Tell your friends. Stick us in their ears and if you want to support us in another way we've got a Patreon page with a lot of unseen Minnesotans on there and some Q&A's with us uh, any support on there is much appreciated it all goes towards this project we also have a new merch store so why not pick up a bit of fresh merchandise and if you tag mm. us on that on Instagram we, we always retag and repost you so you know, any support there will be much much appreciated and as always and we say this t- t- almost too much now um, just you know keep doing uh <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> doing what you're doing. Unless it's, uh, unless it's grinding. Well, you can do that, but just don't kill people. Non-specific. Just don't kill people. Thanks, guys. Bye. See you next week. You've been listening to I Could Murder a Podcast, written and presented by Tom Norris and Ben Carter. Additional voiceover by Tom Turner. Additional research by Danielle St. Romain. Produced and mixed by Dan Lambert of Boston Sound. Artwork and animation by Phil Witten. Theme song by Alfie Indra. If you've enjoyed this episode, please remember to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Just search at CouldMurderAPod. For additional exclusive content, please check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash CouldMurderAPod and make sure to tell all of your friends. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. 
From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Toyota Thon is on, so stop in and get a great deal on a rugged new Tacoma or Tundra, ready to tackle the toughest weather. Find out more at buyatoyota.com. Hurry, Toyota Thon ends January 2nd. Toyota, let's go places. I Could Murder a Podcast is proudly part of the ACAST Creator Network. For hundreds of extra minisodes and other content, along with our private Discord server and live Q&As, exclusive merch and much more, consider subscribing to icmap.co.uk.